Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Number 19 in the top 25 most interesting fantasy basketball players for this season is Scoot Henderson, the rookie point guard for Portland. There's no Damian Lillard in his way anymore, but is he going to smash his ADP or will he disappoint you depending on what your expectations are? We are going to talk about it. Let's go! Jordan, open! talking about G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And uh, today we are continuing along with our top 25 most interesting fantasy basketball players. And at number 18, we have the rookie guard, Scoot Henderson. And uh, I'm expecting the hype to pick up a lot around Scoot Henderson, especially now that we know that Demi Lillard is no longer there. He has been traded. No guards came back in any deals except for... The broken down Malcolm Brogdon, who uh, was rejected from being traded earlier in the offseason because of his injuries. So we expect to see the gateway, the runway open, and for Scoot Henderson, for this to be his team. I have kind of expected that ever since they drafted him at pick three. In my opinion, he was the number two clear pick in that draft. I'm very, very excited to see what Scoot can do. I have him as a top 25 fantasy basketball dynasty Guy, in terms of my rankings over there, if you want to, you can go and check that out at ballboysnba.com to see my full top 250 dynasty rankings. But when it comes to evaluating Scoot Henderson for this season, there's a few things that we need to take a look at, and that's what we're going to be doing on today's podcast. So let's get stuck right in. Keep these pods fairly short. Scoot Henderson, number 18 on the most interesting. He is, again, 18, or sorry, 19.7 years old, so not yet turned 20. On his ADP on all across the sites, Yahoo, he is going at 98, Fantrax 85, and on ESPN, 80.9. Now, that has been creeping in before the trade that Damian Little moved. He was outside the top 100, going that 104, 105 range, and he is slowly creeping up. I have seen him go in some build and some mocks as high as 65, 70. Um, so I would expect that these numbers, again, I'm recording this podcast on the 5th of October. If you're watching later on, I would expect these numbers to be moving higher and higher or, um, 
you know, further away from 100 in a positive direction. So I do think that at the moment, those are the numbers, but I expect him to be going earlier in drafts than what even these numbers suggest. Let's have a look at what Scoot did when he was playing for the G League Ignites team last season. So he played in there uh, for 30.7 minutes per game. We've got a, a sample size of 19 games across his season at the G League Ignite. And in that, in those time, he put up 16.5 points, 0.73s, 5.4 rebounds, 6.5 assists, 1.1 steals, 0.5 blocks, 43 from the field, and 76.4% from the free throw line. So all in all... You would look at those stats and you would say, yep, that's that's decent. I don't think you would look at that and go, that's incredible. Um, now, we don't have a huge amount of data in terms of translating immediately players coming from the G League over to the NBA in their rookie season. We've got a lot more data to suggest uh, the pace of college uh, basketball and things like that. So we are still a little bit in the dark in terms of how these numbers translate. But what you would look at this stat set here, and you would immediately tell, and, and you can see this from his game. He's he's a really good playmaker. He's going to be a guy that, um, especially because I expect he's going to be the starting point guard, he's going to be, av- be averaging a decent amount of assists. I think it's quite comfortable for me to say that Scoot Henderson is going to average probably at least six assists per game. I actually have him close to the seven mark. Um, I think he's going to be a decent scorer. I think you can expect to see him average at least 15 points per game, I would say, given um, the amount of time I expect him. I think he's going to play about at least 30 minutes per game. He could probably get you close to a steal per game. So those things are all well and good. I actually think he's not a bad rebound as well, although it will depend on how much Portland want to play Rob Williams and Jondra Ayton on the court at the same time, and they might gobble up all those rebounds together. But... I mean, you're playing with Jeremy Grant and um, Anthony Simons, and they are allergic to rebounds. So I think he, as far as point guards go, he won't be the type to average, you know, sort of three rebounds per game, which can limit his fantasy impact. The limitation when it comes to Scoot and the the part where the fantasy translations start to get a little bit iffy and a little bit messy, that in the G League, he averaged 43% from the field. Now, this is the G League. This is not the actual NBA. So, And we see this all the time with rookie guards coming into the NBA. Um, you might, I don't know, there, there used to be um, a narrative a little while ago that big guys were slower to develop. And I'm not sure if that's much of a thing anymore, but in case you still or you still hear that from time to time, I actually think it's the exact opposite. Guards take a longer time or uh, they are slower to develop in the NBA because the expectation, the pace, and the skill level of other guards, point guards especially in the NBA, is so high. So um, it is a steeper learning curve, in my opinion, for point guards to come into the NBA and thrive. And in a fantasy basketball sense, that is true in, in, in the same case of the word. So I think that, you know, he's going to come in and shoot poorly from the field. So if he shot 43% from the field in the G League, I wouldn't really be expecting much better when it comes to him joining the NBA. I also expect, again, you look at his free throw percentage, 76.4% from the free throw line. And that was done on 2.9 attempts per game. So he didn't get to the line a whole bunch. And you can look at that two ways. That's either, one, not a great thing because it's gonna, it means he's not getting to the line as much and he's not scoring as much because of that. But two, you can look at it a positive. He's not getting to the line much, so it's not going to negatively impact his uh, value because 76.4% is not a bad number, but it is below average. So it is not something that's going to help his value. And if he's getting there to a lot, getting to the line a lot, just like Paolo Boncaro did last season, just like Jaden Ivey did last season... It is going to be something that from a category nine category sense, minus one sense, is going to drag his value down 
if you're in a team that's trying to look after your free throw percentage, I don't think he's going to necessarily help you from there on an average sense. I don't think he's going to be terrible and you can definitely have weeks where he's going to be okay and, and even help you a, a decent amount there. But it is not one of his strengths, I don't believe, uh, coming into the NBA. He also is someone who doesn't shoot a lot of threes, so averaging 0.7 threes per game, that is one of his weaknesses, at least um, at the moment. He might come out and improve that, but again, we're going into his rookie season. There's a lot for him to, to learn, so his strength is getting down downhill, getting to the rim, finishing at the basket, not necessarily shooting threes. That's always been something that's been um, a weakness of his, so... We're looking at someone who, again, it's a it's a it's a fairly stock standard or typical archetype of those point guards that are really athletic, great playmaking guys that don't shoot that well from the perimeter. Have iffy um, question marks when it comes to, and he also averaged. I didn't put this on the screen, but he averaged three point five turnovers. So high turnovers, poor efficiency from both the field and the free throw line, low. Um, Low three numbers. Uh, 0.5 blocks is okay. I I think he's a decent defender, to be honest. And 1.1 steals, I think that that has a chance to translate. I actually quite like his defensive ability. And he's he's big enough and physical enough that he can, I think, get in there and and maybe get some defensive stats. But I don't think he's going to come in and be like a 1.7 steals guy and a one block per game like a Shakers Alexander by any stretch. So... Or, or like the Asar Thompsons and Men Thompsons of the world where they were just putting up insane uh, defensive numbers. I don't think he's going to be doing anything like that. So you could already start to see and pick the holes in um, Scoot Henderson's game and lead you to go, okay, he's exciting, he's going to be good, but how good is he going to be in his rookie season? So what we're going to do today is to get a sense of where he can be valued and where you should be taking him, depending on how you value him coming into the NBA. We're going to go through and look at some of the players that in the last sort of 10, 15 years or so that you could compare Scoot Henderson as a player archetype to and what they did in their rookie season. So the first... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's why we're going to look at here is John Wall. Now, when John Wall entered the NBA season, uh, his first NBA season, he averaged 37.7 minutes a night. So huge minutes. Uh, I don't think we can expect that from Scoot. So do keep that in mind. And in that rookie season, he put up 16.4, half a three, 4.6 rebounds, 8.3 assists, 1.8 steals, half a block. He shot 41% from the field and 76.5% from the free throw line. For a nine-category ranking, this um, had him 48th. For Yahoo Points, this had him 20th. Now, I would hazard a guess that I didn't have time to look this up, but in a minus one ranking, he would be a lot higher uh, because of the fact that you eliminate that poor, poor field goal percentage. He would suit some poor punt field goal percentage teams very well. Now, a few things from this one. The 37, nearly 38 minutes a night stands out a shit ton, right? So I think that that elevates his assists and his steals a decent amount in a, in a build like this. So... I don't necessarily think that Scoot's going to be able to do those kinds of numbers. And even in that kind of a, a build, 
It was 98th in nine category, 20th in Yahoo points. Amazing. That's incredible. Um, so that was a very successful rookie season for John Wall, albeit, again, in 38 minutes. Let's look at the next guy. Russell Westbrook, again, uber-athletic guard coming into the NBA, uh, very similar archetype to, to uh, Scoot Henderson. Russell Westbrook, probably not... I think Scoot's a better passer than Westbrook was coming out of college. Uh, but Westbrook, 15.3 points, point four threes, five, uh, 5.3 rebounds, 4.9 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.2 blocks, under 40%, so 39.9% from the field. And back in the day, Westbrook used to be able to hit free throws, 81.5% from the free throw line. And again, that was him at 190th in nine category leagues, 70th in points. So again, much better in a points league format, but in a nine cat setting, he was way down. Again, if we put uh, minus one rankings into the into the equation here, I think he would be much higher because you eliminate that field goal percentage, which is a huge drain. And he would be someone that I think would be probably probably a hundred spots better than this. So definitely someone that you could probably grab inside, you know, around that pick hundred and get some decent value. Again, though, you're looking at him and Westbrook used to be able to shoot good free throws. So 81.5% from the free throw line. So that's a positive. Um, I think of the numbers of the counting numbers, this is probably more like what I expect Scoot Henderson's counting numbers to look like. In fact, I think Scoot could probably do better in his assist numbers. Um, I think he might be slightly more efficient than Russell Westbrook. But everything else looks pretty similar to what I expect Scoot to do, at least for the season as an average. So um, I think that's a decent, maybe, blueprint of what we should be evaluating Scoot to be outside of maybe the free throws a little bit lower, assists a little bit higher. Let's look at the next guy, Ja Morant. He did it in 31.1 minutes, 18 points, 0.93s. 3.9 rebounds, 7.3 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.3 blocks on nearly 48% from the field and 77% from the free throw line. So again, of all the rookies, he probably had the best rookie season in the nine category setting. However, still only 134th, 57th in Yahoo points. Now again, similar to the Scoot Henderson thing here, he's going to lack, he, he lacked the threes. He, he didn't have the steals, so the other guys were all over one steal per game. Jar was below one steal, that hurt his value. Um, the rebounds were probably lower than the other guys as well. 7.3 assists, again, I don't know if we're going to see Scoot come in and do that level of assists, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. And 47.7% from the field, by far the best field goal percentage of any of these players in their first season. So again, minus one rankings, it probably doesn't boost him up as much as those other guys because it's not a glaring weakness in terms of the field goal percentage, but it probably gets him maybe to that top 100, top 90-ish range. Again, much better in points. You're seeing a bit of a theme here. Um, last guy here from last season, Jaden Ivey. Again, uber athletic. A bit more of a combo guard, but after Cade went down, played a lot more at point guard. 16.3 points, 1.6 threes, 3.9 rebounds, 5.2 assists, 0.8 steals, 0.2 blocks, 41.6 from the field, and 74.7 from the free throw line. 280th in 9-cat ranked, and 101st in points league. So, the theme of all of these guys, they all performed way, way better when it came to points leagues. The theme for a lot of them is poor efficiency from the field, and for a lot of them also not the best efficiency. Not horrible, but not the best efficiency from the free throw line either. Lacking some blocks, lacking some threes, and the steals were not quite what you would call elite steals either. Um, I think the highest scoring of the players was Jar Morant, in, if I'm not mistaken, at 18 points per game. So if you're projecting Scoot to 
do anything better than that, I think you're going to be ending up disappointed. Um, so I think more around that 15 to 18 points per game. The best assist player was John Wall in that situation, which was 8.3. Again, 37.7 minutes per game. Definitely wouldn't expect that. So I would expect it closer to 6 to 7 assists for Scoot. Across the board, what did we get? 4.6 rebounds for Wall. Uh, 4.9, what's that? 5.3 rebounds for Westbrook. Jar got 3.9. Ivy got 3.9. So you're looking at anywhere between four and five and a half rebounds per game. So within that kind of a range, one or 0.9 to 1.2 steals per game. The blocks maybe at 0.3, 0.4. All of that leads me to say that he will be a player that is going to be exciting. He's going to be a player that's new and fresh. He's going to have some games where he's going to go off. But this season, what history has told us is that rookie point guards, no matter how good they end up becoming, and you can look at someone like a Ja Morant, you could look at someone like a Russell Westbrook, who was a fantasy beast for many years, and you can still look at their first season, and it is usually something that is very, very rocky, particularly early on, and you need to be ready to absorb the poor percentages. So I think a lot of these guys, you would do the best when looking at someone in a punt field goal percentage build, but you also want to make sure that your free throw percentage is very strong. And again, you're not going to get threes out of Scoot. I don't think you're going to get huge. um, You're not going to get 20 plus points per game. You will get assists. So he will have value in that build. In a points league, I am fine. I think he can go as high as 80th, I think is what I can predict. Him. Let's have a look at my projections of where I've got Scoot at for points leagues. If I scroll... So I have him projected. I've actually got him projected quite high in points leagues. I don't know if I'd be wanting to take him here. I've got him projected at 60th um, in points leagues. I think that is a reasonably ambitious. Um, so I'd be more comfortable drafting him around the 80 spot in a points leagues, hoping that you're getting some value with the you know downside uh, baked in there a little bit more. But in a category league, again, I'm talking broadly, I'm talking the nine cat minus one rankings. What we can expect from a Scoot Henderson is probably more in line closer to that 100 range of value, in my opinion, when it comes to minus one rankings. In a nine category ranking, again, he's probably going to be someone that's going to be well outside the top 120, 130 because of all of those deficiencies that we see in rookie guards um, a lot of the time. But again, take those rankings with a grain of salt and look at what we expect him to average. And then you can decide, is he going to be worth it on your team? Is your team able to absorb those deficiencies in free throws, uh, field goals, lack of threes, high turnovers, steals and blocks, not elites or anything like that. So have a look at his stats and what you expect them to be and make a decision from there. And then we can have a look at him. But again, if we go back to his ADP, I'm fine with where it is right now. My concern is if it starts to go higher because people now see that Lillard's not there and they expect him to be this top 60, top 70 guy. Just be ready that these point guards in their rookie season, there is a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of frustrations and it will be rough to start the year. He will get better by the second half of the season. No doubt about it. But again, just be ready for that. And I think that you're probably better off trying to wait to get him at the end of, you know, the the double digits closer to pick 100. If you really want him, go in the 90s. But I think you probably have other opportunities to get what he gives you earlier than that in most situations. So those are my thoughts on Scoot Henderson. 
Let me know down below, guys. Are you targeting him? Do you think that I'm wrong? Do you think I'm way unders on him? Do you think he's going to be a star in his rookie season? Or do you think he's going to be a bust and be someone that disappoints a lot of us on fantasy basketball uh, drafts? Let me know down in the comments section below. Give this video a big thumbs up, guys, if you are enjoying this series. And make sure you guys are subscribed. Trying to hit uh, a very ambitious target of 10,000 subscribers by this season. And I would love for you guys to help me out there. If you haven't already, hit that big red subscribe button. We are going on to number 17 tomorrow. So I'm going to give you guys a hint. The hint is this man recently, and I don't, this is probably going to give it away. This man recently got paid. And in my opinion, I think it's going to end up being a bargain. I'm a really big fan of this guy. I think he's going to have a breakout season this year. Sometimes he's going under the radar. We're going to talk about him and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.